Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Well, so then, where are you going? If 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 I were to like just come stand next to you on your proverbial boat traversing time and space and I get out a telescope or a and I look in the direction you're headed, what would I see? Where are you going? Where are you going? And what and what does that destination hold for you? What's gonna what's gonna be the new metric once you arrive? Um Tonight's topic is journey to enlightenment and it's yours truly tonight. Journey to enlightenment. So I checked the um this episode's page and uploaded some pictures and stuff and uh it told me we were at 500 episodes. 500 <laughs> 500 and uh we're probably coming on 13 years just so many interviews and basically as y'all know or and maybe you're new to the show the genre of this show is that you the listener by listening to in these episodes you the listener are empowered in your life. You have more tools in your toolbox, or perhaps the tools you've had become more effective. But the end result is you, the listener. You, the listener. So we we target guests that show the human persona, the human genome, the all the various ways living this human experience can get um, loaded up with karma, loaded up with drama, difficult, hard, um, tough, easy. We've really kind of broken down the the human genome, this human persona. I'm pretty sure you have some ears and uh, a brain to interpret everything that I'm saying now. So it makes you conscious, conscious, and all consciousness is God consciousness. We're not divided against ourselves. But the journey to enlightenment, the, the gist of this podcast could very easily be said to be spiritual and perhaps metaphysical. We're on our spiritual journey. We're on our spiritual quest. We've chose to incarnate into this lifetime with the metrics that are in our life right now. We chose to come here, this karmic tsunami, (laughs) 
that's putting it mildly. I mean, is is not the collective subconscious of humanity getting getting rototilled up and brought into our conscious space? And and man talk about variation of the of the idea of what it means to be human. A lot of the narrative seems to have gotten off in the weeds lately, but it's the nature of nature to expand its expression of self. The journey to enlightenment. Are you on your way to enlightenment? Is that your intention? If I were to look through that proverbial telescope out the front of your proverbial boat, looking at the vector, the tangent, the direction, the course that you have chosen for yourself, either consciously and or subconsciously. And I look through that, and I perhaps it's metaphorically the future. So would I see you enlightened? If you're on this journey to enlightenment, are we to assume that in the future you become enlightened because you're on a journey to enlightenment? Is that going to happen for you? Do you intend for that to happen? What's going to change What's the difference between where you are now and the destination of enlightenment when you've arrived? Welcome to enlightenment. Dun, 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 dun. What's going to have to change in your life for you to become enlightened? And once you become enlightened, metaphorically, how will you be different? Does your wand work? Does uh, do, you, do you have the oracle gene turned on and everything becomes clear as a bell? What's enlightenment going to do for you? I mean, I, if <laughs> journey to enlightenment is like a foundation of the spiritual whole genre or community, right? So it would serve us well to kind of drill down what the hell we're talking about and where the hell we're going, wouldn't you think? Enlightenment. Have you ever been at the store and uh, somebody, you're waiting in line at the cash register and somebody behind you is just like hyper as hell. Damn it, I can't get through this line fast enough. What's, why are they in a hurry? Is, is, is happiness over there? Or is life better over there? Why is where you are right now not sufficient or adequate? Now, of course, I'm not saying you, the listener, has this scenario, but that might be the case as well. When we look at uh, enlightenment as a, a, a finish line or perhaps a uh, a new chapter when we arrive at enlightenment dun, 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 then our life is different our life is different and whatever the stuff I'm wrestling with now is is it erased 
Does your wand resolve everything instantaneously? Does all worry and fret fade away? What's this enlightenment that we've we've set ourselves for, so to speak? What do we expect it to do for us? Well, you know, um, enlightenment itself, enlightenment. Um, so, so I grew up in a real staunch Christian household. I grew up in a Mormon household in Utah. And the reason I, I use the word staunch is that my dad had an intensity when it came to religion, when it came to God. He would tear up, he would well up pretty quickly, and he'd look to the he'd look up like he's looking to the heavens and huge emotions I can't understate that huge emotions would well up in him and, and he'd get all teary-eyed and I look at the actual church leaders and they're like slackers they're totally slackers you guys aren't bawling about God you guys aren't getting all welled up about God what the hell are you peddling my pa my dad here makes makes God look like a uh, an epic experience. When he looks up to God, his whole body, his whole persona is overwhelmed with a, a sense of communion with this God. I mean, you guys are slackers. Come on, let's see you well up. Where are your tears? And it wasn't until decades later, many decades later, that I realized that Mormonism and the Christian um, teachings is what my dad clung to in the foxhole of World War II. Spent like a year and a half in some of the bloodiest flipping battles you can imagine. I don't want to go into the gore of it, but I've researched it, and it's ugly with capital letters. And, you know, what amazes me is that my dad actually made it through the war, and he didn't die. Of course, I wouldn't be here if he did die. But he made it through, and he met my mom, and my mom met my dad. And, well, you know, there's the... I guess birds are really horny, and, and so are bees, because there's a story about the birds and the bees. But the reason my dad was such a staunch religious person is because when his psyche was being seared by the horror of war, his inner child, his ego, his, his little self want, had no clue whether he's going to survive or not. He might not make it to dinner tonight, let alone a formal dinner. I mean, he might not make it this week. And for to, to be in such peril, it really anchored in his psyche the idea that that God's going to help him get through it and i i'm not i'm not belittling my father whatsoever 
whatsoever. Oh, my God. My heart cracks when I even think about that. But he had this real intensity, this real intense um, communion with this idea of God. And so when we talk about the journey to enlightenment, what's our measuring stick? Let me ask you this. In in your spiritual and or religious, not that the, those two are the same, but in, in your spiritual and or religious um, journey so far, what what does the best savior do? Is that Krishna? Is that Shiva? Is that Jesus? Is up to this point in your life, what is the most profound persona that has been conveyed to you in a spiritual or religious context? Now really think about that. Who's the big guy? Who's the big girl? Who's the the boss, the one that's at the top rung of the ladder, the the spiritual leader, the spiritual savior, the spiritual lord, the spiritual prophet. Who is that? Again, I can only talk from my contacts, and that's the Christian dynamic, and that's Jesus. And Jesus walks around and walks on water and creates food out of thin air and raises the dead and um, heals the sick and says, come on, belly up to the bar. Y'all are going to be doing this too. Wow. Huh. He's given us a glimpse of the top rungs of this ladder to the journey to enlightenment. Dun-da-da-da. So, could we say that, I can only speak for myself, but could we say that enlightenment is the activation of these potentials that in my particular case, the Savior Jesus promised us all that we'd be having as a personal experience in our own personal life, we'd become equivalent or expanded beyond the Savior that was given to us, given to us, Jesus Christ, Christ consciousness. Christ consciousness might be thought of enlightenment, the journey to Christ consciousness, the journey to the light, the journey to enlightenment. How the hell is our lives going to be different when we arrive at the journey to enlightenment? Dun, da, da, da. Did uh, did Jesus have any worry or struggle? Did Jesus, I mean, I think it's worth our while to think about our spiritual journey and where we're going and, I mean, this is a life path. Maybe it's a good time to give a shout out to Brazil and India and Norway and Australia where we have 
upticks in listeners from those regions of the world. Welcome, welcome. So uh, India, the Eastern religions, isn't it common to expect that by the time you're a teenager, you realize that you are God, you are God consciousness personified? It's pretty, I think that's accurate. The Eastern religions teach you that you're a personification of God consciousness personified. So what is this this God consciousness, this Christ consciousness, this enlightenment that we have as our personal journey as we sit and listen to the spiritual podcast? Well, I can only speak for myself, but I can speak for myself. I've always been enlightened, and I believe you have always been enlightened. You are enlightened now, and now, and now, and now, and now, forever. We don't acquire, we don't assemble We don't create our enlightenment, we discover it. Well, I'm not enlightened now. Les, what the hell are you talking about? Some bitch. I'm I'm on a journey. I'm on a path. I'm going this way. And I'm going I'm I'm going on a journey. Yeah, I know. Journey to enlightenment, you get the idea. I suggest to you that enlightenment is the natural consciousness of your higher self or your soul or your Christ consciousness or the God consciousness, the Eastern religions. Part of the the journey, and I'm making an assumption that around the teenage years of, of spiritual teaching, one discovers that they are indeed God personified, that they are enlightened by the God consciousness at the core of their being and your being and my being. When we're looking, when we're on our journey to consciousness, I'm sorry, when we are on our journey to enlightenment, we don't think that we're enlightened. We don't have an enlightened experience. We have a, a rather unenlightened life. You might have some pretty tough struggles, some pretty tough challenges. You might have incarnated into train wreck after train wreck, maybe a um, a violent household, abusive family dynamic. Or maybe you were raised in a, a really spiritual household with um, apple pie and ice cream and everything was just peachy. 
So the so the idea of enlightenment, I suggest if you're on your journey to enlightenment, that would suggest that your uh, your ego is not vibrating on the same frequency, the same octave as the Christ consciousness that is within you now. So for the first several decades of my life, I had no clue that I was going to be on a spiritual journey. I thought I was going to work in broadcast TV and be a technical brain brain thinker, uh, technology kind of field, working as an engineer, and I was having so much fun. Uh, TV is quite the industry. Um, I didn't I didn't see my spiritual path coming. I didn't see enlightenment coming. I didn't see Christ consciousness. Uh, I didn't see karma and emotions and um, belief systems and subconscious imprinting and um, uh, traumatic uh, imprinting of psyches. Now that rang my bell, so to speak. And it wasn't until I got cracked open as 35 I'm 63, you can do the math. It's like, I don't know, 25 or whatever years ago. Um, And then a decade or so in, like I've shared on the show many times, my soul grabs me by the nap of the neck and lifts me up and up and up and up and holy cow, I'm in the light. I am in the lightenment. My soul took my ego vibration, my ego consciousness, my ego perception, and in a very short period of time, took me into pure white light. This is a non-local space. There was zero duality there at all. Me, Les Jensen, didn't exist. Me, a male, didn't exist. Me, a human being on planet Earth, didn't exist. Me, as a soul that has incarnated a whole bunch of times, didn't exist. It was just L-I-G-H-T. Light, period. It's hard to describe, but there was no thing there, no time, no, no here, no there. And then I returned to my traditional ego vibration. And uh, I've been on the journey back to that vibration of light at the core of my being. Where my soul took me that day was always there. We all have this field of light, non-local source consciousness at the core of our being, L-I-G-H-T, Christ consciousness, higher consciousness, 5D whatever, pick your your title. And I've been scrubbing my psyche to get back to that light. 
and I'm getting close. I, well, I'm aware of it. Um, there's times like I'll do a meditation and I'll feel the vibration of the light in my psyche. It's like right there. I and it do, it doesn't consume my ego to the point where my ego disappears, but but I can certainly see it and and feel it in my psyche. This really high vibration at my core. So you're journeying to enlightenment, you're already enlightened. That light is at the core of your being now and now and now. Your ego can exist. Your ego has no consciousness of its own. Your ego doesn't have like some backdoor, you know, power cord that God feeds you consciousness so you can have an ego persona outside of the Christ consciousness within your being. It doesn't work that way. The light at the core of your being affords the ability for an ego to exist. Without the light at the core of your being, there's no you to exist because there's no consciousness for your ego to run on. Your ego has no consciousness of its own. Your ego can only exist in the consciousness of the Christ light, the, the enlightened light at the core of your being. That powers the whole rodeo. The light at the that non-local space at the core of your being is what affords you the ability to exist as an ego, as a sense of separation, as a human being on a journey to enlightenment. Yeah, for that whole rodeo to happen. It all comes from that Christ consciousness at the core of your being now. So this this ego you that is on a journey to enlightenment, not feeling enlightened, not feeling connected to source perhaps. That you is what your soul chose to experience when it incarnated onto planet Earth. Your soul looked at all the dynamics and goes, look at that, man, the gears right around 2020, it's like karmic tsunami after karmic tsunami. That looks like fun. I think I'll sign up. (laughs) Wait, clean up planet Earth, right? So you chose to come here as a soul and disconnect from source. When we're born, the vast majority of us forget, forget that that our essence cannot be destroyed, that Christ consciousness within us is the rodeo itself and our ego self is, is a a story we're living out. It's not the projector, so to speak. It's the movie in the projector. The projector itself is timeless. Having incarnated many times over and over, your soul has many lifetimes of experience where you've loaded up your psyche. And by loading up your psyche, you shut down your your um spectral communion your spectral purity your spect 
natural connection with source consciousness. You shut that down and you don't have a sense of enlightenment now. And so you're on a journey to journey to to discover what's at your core now. But, you know, I'm not going to let you off the hook so easily. We can talk about the journey to enlightenment, but let's let's flip it over. If you're God consciousness at your core, and God consciousness is at the core of every human being, all 8 billion of us on this planet, and the 8 billion of us on the planet are playing out countless archetypes, archetype collages, archetypal narratives. When your soul was first born and you hadn't loaded up your psyche with so much subconscious karmic imprinting, you had a lot more potential because you didn't have the karmic momentum of a loaded up psyche But as a rookie soul, you didn't have any desire either. If you're in a field of pure white light, what are you lacking? If you're in non-local space, there's nothing to lack because there's nothing there. You don't even get around a desire, the desire of your soul to have an experience, the desire of your soul to have a life purpose. You don't even get around to it till you create the the human persona and start incarnating and start having human experiences and then you start having preferences. Okay, preferences, now we're getting somewhere. I prefer this and not that. Well, now the soul can have a purpose because it's got some experience to base a context to. And from that context, the soul can have the choice, the decision to come down and incarnate on earth and experience this or experience that. And there's 8 billion variations of that going on right now. Holy cow, Batman. 8 billion narratives on the planet. So what if you took the narrative you've been playing out so far, and this is your life. I'm talking about your life now. Whatever your experience is, whatever you've been through, whatever you've learned, whatever your spiritual portfolio looks like right now, the director yells, cut, that's it, cut. Everybody handed their script. What? It's taken me my whole flipping life to get to this point in my script. Yeah, whatever. Hand in your script. What? This is flipping sacred. It's taken me forever to get here. Yeah, whatever. Hand in your script. What? What the hell? What the hell? If I'm not who I am now, who the hell am I? Well, the light at the core of your being doesn't care. The light at the core of your being can be playing out any of the 8 billion narratives, the 8 billion personas 
the 8 billion unique human experiences happening on planet Earth now, and at the core of every single one of them is that same white light. White light that the the Christ consciousness, the that non-local space of enlightenment at the core of our being can play out any paradigm, any narratives, any archetypes. Roll the wheel, spin the, spin the dial. What the hell do you want to do? What I'm getting at here is your soul can have a big-ass vision for your life, and maybe up to this point in your life, you haven't seen yourself as a big-ass vision kind of soul. But if you look at the metrics of human beings on the planet, there's some pretty impressive souls walking around on the planet, and whatever narrative they're running, some something similar exists as potential within you because in that non-local space of the Christ consciousness at the center of your persona, there's no uh, preconceived notion of anything because it's non-local. There's no thing to have a context with. So what am I getting at here? Your journey to enlightenment. Whatever your life has looked like so far up to now, whatever that metric is, whatever that narrative is, it's on the table. It's not cast in concrete. We've talked about the the quantum quite a bit on this show, had roundtables about quantum. We've interviewed lots of quantum stuff. I like the idea of a mirror to... uh, personify the idea of of the quantum effect, the quantum mirror. I like the idea of a quantum mirror. So we load our psyche up with karma, and that creates a momentum, a trajectory. See, a, a mirror, if we talk about the quantum mirror, if we talk about a mirror in general, the mirror doesn't, the mirror doesn't care what the crud the reflection is. All reflections have a merit of one. So you're looking in the mirror and you're on top of the Swiss Alps or you're looking in the mirror and you're in a submarine in the Pacific Ocean. You look in the mirror and you're at a spiritual retreat with Les Jensen and he's filling your head full of all kinds of stuff. The quantum mirror puts no merit on any one particular reflection. All reflections of a mirror have a merit of one. It's like the mirror's going, whatever, show me whatever and I'll show it back to you. Show me whatever and I'll show it back to you. So the quantum, we're we're taking our consciousness and projecting it against the quantum mirror and it's reflecting back to us as our life experience. Well, the mirror doesn't care which one of the eight billion narratives we play out. Mirrors don't care about that stuff. Whatever our narratives is, whatever our stories are, whatever our values are, we've conjured up ourselves and we've created standing waves of energy from the repetitive mental and emotional patterning that uh, 
that egos become fond of and perpetuate over time. And then we listen to my episode about journey to enlightenment. What the hell? So your soul can have some big-ass vision for your life, and it's standing in front of the quantum mirror. Your soul is gigantically a multidimensional personification of God consciousness, and your ego is whatever it is, and you're standing in front of the quantum. Your soul can have a, a very dynamic and expansive life path for you. What? Wait, what? When you're standing on that boat and you're looking through the telescope and you're looking metaphorically into the future for yourself, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, pick one, pick them all, whatever. You look and you see and holy cow, you're different than who you are now. You're running some other narrative than you're running now. And the quantum obliges as you wish as you wish. The mirror has no bias of its own moment to moment to moment, now to now to now. The only time you can see your reflection in a mirror is now. So how do you traverse, how do you put a rudder of effect on your karmic momentum to afford your soul's ability to have a more dynamic swath of possibilities for your life purpose. In one of the most dynamic and powerful chapters of human history, you know that's right, one of the most powerful chapters (laughs) of all the times to be on planet Earth, you're here now, holy cow, some bitch. Your soul's got a rodeo set up for you if you're if you're willing to saddle up, or you can you can uh, hunker down in your ego and vote for more of the same. The mirror doesn't care. Your soul is pretty much patient unless you stick your head in your sand in the sand, and then it gets a car, karmic two by four out, and like it did me. My my ego mind was stuck in a single narrative. I'm a TV guy, and that's that, and I'm I'm just doing this life thing, and bull puckies hit my soul and got out the cosmic two-by-four and whacked me upside the head, and then my whole life changed, and now it's perpetually expanding. I have no flipping clue. All I know is that I don't want to miss a thing. Whenever my heart, my soul say, "Hey, let's do this," I'm gonna. I want to say, "Yep, sure, let's do it." I don't want to miss a thing. Bring it. Well, then my soul has the ability to. To it's like my. It's it's like your. So imagine. You're starting to wake up, and holy cow, you're on a bumpy road, and it's kind of loud, and you're about to wake up, and you open your eyes, and oh, my God, you're on a stagecoach with a bunch of horses pulling it, and you're riding right along the side of a cliff, and if the horses spook, the whole shebang's going off the cliff, and 
the horses are galloping as fast as they can, and you just woke up, and holy crap, and you've got the reins in your hand, and, and your ego says, I got to do this right, or this is going to suck big time. And it's and the reins in your hand are all the issues in your life and the people and the and the karmic propensities and you're trying to manage them and your ego's looking at this and go, how am I supposed to behave? How do I navigate all this change and crap? There's a lot of powerful stuff going on and I don't feel like I got a a strong connection to decide what's going to happen. The horses get up and along, and boy, if you do it wrong, it could all could go south real quick here. You better not mess up. You better keep track of everything. You better do it right. And your heart says, oh, hell no. Throw the reins down on the galloping horses. You're like, what the hell? Throw the reins down the gallop. What? Throw the damn reins down the horses. And it seems the most contrary thing to let go because your ego wants to know what's going to happen. Your ego has gotten good at making choices that create a predictable life path. Your ego's gotten good at pick, picking choices that bring a familiar and, quote, normal life experience and it's kind of settled in and the last thing it wants to do is let go of that because if the wheels fall off then what i'm not saying up and move to new york city tomorrow because you get the the impulse that you're gonna be a screenplay writer in new york city keep a roof over your head Keep your your life sustainable, but when your soul when your soul shows you some big ass vision for your life, that's no mistake. It's not. It's not a mistake. If you've been shown a path for your life. If you've been shown a vision for your life, that exists in the potential of the Christ consciousness at the center of your being, and it will exist as your personal life experience once your ego and your personal energy persona move into harmonic resonance with that vision of your life then that dream becomes your life manifest. And the vision your soul showed you for your life becomes fulfilled in in the physical realm. It's like your ego's at the end of a whip. Your ego's way out at the tip. And your soul's got the handle. But what's crazy about free will is for the most part the ego has final say unless the cosmic two by four gets pulled out the ego can choose to shut it all down and keep it safe but if it if if that fear gets out of hand a lot of times our life path changes because of a nde a near-death experience or cosmic two by four, we get a divorce or we lose our job or maybe we experience an illness. 
And the soul might do that to wake us up. So your journey to enlightenment, are you just going to go to the light? Is that it? Journey, journey to enlightenment. Climb the ladder and stick your head up into that non-local space and look around and see nothing. And look at your future and see nothing because there is no time. And look left and right and see nothing because there is no left or right. You're on a journey to enlightenment, but what the hell is the light going to do for you? You still have free will. still have an ego. Your ego with free will can move towards resonance or away from resonance or tip the whole flipping card over. And the light, the Christ consciousness at the center of your being doesn't whoop-de-doo. I'm here to learn, even though the ego might be going through something from the perception of the ego is horrendous, the soul knows it's safe, the soul knows it's timeless, the soul knows it's source consciousness now, your soul knows it's enlightened now. But until we can bring our ego around and then to cleanse our personal energy persona, what the hell does that mean? To cleanse our personal energy persona is to shed the momentum of the particular narrative that we're playing out now to loosen up the trajectory that we're headed now with our current narrative, to, to loosen up the rudder in the boat. In order to become more nimble with our life, and when we make our life more nimble, our soul has many more probable potentials of narratives that we could be playing out in our future. But how do you make yourself nimble? How do you how do you untether your soul? Somebody wrote a book about that. I should get them on the show actually. I um but how do we free up our soul to manifest what it would prefer, because it had a vision for our life before we incarnated. And if our ego's um, not actively working on cleaning out our personal energy persona, you can look at it, imagine it, let's see, I like metaphors, let's dream up a metaphor. So, so you got a big ass wagon behind you and you put a projector on it, a DVD projector, and you put in the DVD and you press play, and there it is projecting in front of you on the screen in front of you, this reality in front of you. It's projecting your life narrative right now. There it is, and hi, wave to yourself. Hey, 
and there's your car and there's your house and there's your whatever. But that's not the only thing going on right now because you have your ego sense of self and you've also got your higher self, your soul consciousness that's present now, but you also have your subconscious. And that's where we load our psyche up. That's where we load our karma up. That's where we create a karmic momentum that collapses the ability to be nimble trajectories or potentials of trajectories. The more we load up our psyche, the more our life path collapses into more of a straight line. Well, our subconscious is like adding a thousand or five thousand other projectors on this cart behind us, and they're simultaneously broadcasting life events from our Akashic records that we haven't totally energetically resolved from our past. That's a mouthful. What's that mean? Well, I ended up on the couch of a shrink is a very, very nice couch. And I had no clue that in my subconscious I had just a ton of anger. Well, how does that influence my life? Well, in this now, the only thing that matters is now. I'm having an interaction with the quantum mirror. And if I got a a bunch of anger in my psyche, a whole bunch of those projectors on the cart behind me are playing out unresolved anger narratives from my past where I did not resolve all of the energy and I avoided the emotions and I pushed the emotions, I suppressed the emotions. I didn't want to feel the emotions, so I suppressed them. And that energy shifted into my subconscious and started showing itself in every single frame, in every single now. It showed itself in the reflection of every single frame of my life because it was in my subconscious. That attracted an angry boss. I had issues with anger on the home front. Creating a trajectory, a karmic trajectory based on energy in my subconscious that I had not resolved. And my ego mind wasn't aware that they that it was even there. But that anger collapsed a whole bunch of potential narratives that I could be running. But in order for me to be energetically in resonance with the vibration of those narratives, I'd have to not have all that anger in my psyche. I'd have to get the projectors off the off the cart behind me, find all the projectors playing out that unresolved anger. Because if I'm going to have a new narrative with my soul, I'm going to have a new narrative with my soul, and whatever that new narrative is doesn't have that anger component. I'm energetically incompatible with that playing out because I have not resolved the anger in my psyche, in my subconscious. Your subconscious is like, you know, you go the you go to the art store and you want to paint. So you get a, a blank canvas, right? You go to the art store and here's a pure white canvas. 
There's nothing on it. That's like taking the DVDs out of all of the projectors, all of them. Blank screen, pure white screen. The DVD player doesn't care what the narrative is or the genre is. The DVD player doesn't care. The screen doesn't care. So the source consciousness, the Christ consciousness at your core is agnostic to any particular narrative. In non-local space, there's nothing to quantify or posture with. There is no bias. But if your psyche is loaded up with all this unresolved karmic imprinting from your past lives, and it energetically has not been resolved, it's like you can't buy a clean canvas. In every moment, in every frame, in every now, the quantum mirror is reflecting back to you the energetic components in your subconscious that you haven't resolved. And the more you load your psyche up, the narrower, it's, it's like a trough, a trough of patterning, a trough of preference, a, a trough of normal. And in that trough, everything outside the trough is really off the table because you're not energetically compatible for it. You've got a pretty narrow narrative. The the rudder on the boat's knelt down. You're going to be going in that direction, that there. In two weeks, two months, two decades, two centuries, you're going that way. And it's it's a collapsed potential because your energy, your personal energy persona does not change much day to day. And so the trajectory doesn't change much day to day. In other words, all those DVD players, if the collective narratives of all them uh, totaled is projected into the quantum mirror now, Well, you're most likely going to have a life very similar today as your life was yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before, etc. Well, I married the the same guy, three different guys, but the exact they all cheated on me. That's your subconscious. Oh, I I go to create something new and I get close to it and then I I put it down and I don't finish it. That's your subconscious. The patterned patterned examples of your life playing out is the imprinting of your psyche, the imprinting of your subconscious – Until you clean out your subconscious, your trajectory is just not going to change that much because the energy you're you're broadcasting to the quantum mirror in this moment, in this now, the only now there is, now, well, your reflection is not going to change. And your soul's kind of tethered up there. You've got a really narrow narrative, a singular narrative that your ego is happy with because it's a normal. Isn't it weird that a woman can go to a battered woman's shelter and say, my husband's beating the crap out of me and the kids, and I'm, I finally, I got to ask for help. 
and she asked for help, but it's getting late and it's time time to decide where you're going to stay tonight. And the the women's shelter has a place for her, her and her kids, and she chooses to go back. Because that's what she knows. And to choose the unpredictable is too scary. I'm not, I'm not putting that down, that scenario down at all. That's a, but that's, that's an example of bringing your ego around. We talk about a journey to enlightenment. The more prominent the narrative, the more common the narrative, the more momentum to your narrative, the, quote, longer it'll take for you to get to your enlightenment, unquote. Your journey to enlightenment will take longer if your ego's addicted to the repetitive patterns of your karmic imprinting in your psyche now So when are you going to complete that journey to enlightenment? And once you get to the light, then what? There's still the laundry. Chop wood, carry the water. Chop wood, carry the water. Do you think the collective subconscious will bend to your will once you reach Christ consciousness? How'd that work out for Jesus? To be clear, <laughs> so so would you say that Jesus Christ lived in Christ consciousness? Uh, yeah, I would say yeah. He takes his friends over the side and says, here, check this out, and he turns his persona into light, L-I-G-H-T, right there. And yet the Roman Empire was expanding its plans to wage war. The Roman Empire was expanding its intention to wage war on planet Earth while Jesus was on the cross. Jesus wasn't anywhere close to saving humanity. The Roman Empire was expanding its war plans towards the end of Jesus' life, or the supposed end of Jesus' life. We have an episode coming up that's going to talk about that. Jesus wasn't about to be the savior of the world. Nope, it's not a single persona thing. Is Jesus off at some super savior school? He was just a run-of-the-mill savior, but now he's at super savior school. And now when Jesus comes back, oh, my God, when Jesus comes back, he's going to kick karma's ass all the way to the curb and save humanity from suffering. That kind of shoots free will in the ass, doesn't it? I don't think that 
Jesus intended to be the one that, to turn the collective consciousness on its head and get it all straightened out, and we just sit and watch, we're not going to have an experience of heaven on earth until our personal energy persona is cleared out and the unconditional love at the core of our being travels un, in, uh, uninfluenced by any karmic residue the unconditional love, which is the light at the center of our persona, once we clean out, once we purify our personal energy persona, will project in the quantum mirror in this moment now unconditional love, and what will the mirror reflect back to us? Unconditional love. Well, damn, if that's not heaven, I don't know what is. Unconditional love. Enlightenment's not this thing that when you arrive, somehow the universe reprograms itself to give you a different experience. So what are you doing? On your journey to enlightenment, what are you doing? There's no wrong answer here. It's not for me to decide. You have your mirror, I have my mirror. Mirrors just do their thing. I take responsibility for my reflection. I would suggest our journey to enlightenment is the journey of cleansing the karmic imprinting from our personal energy persona moving us closer to purity. The tagline for new human living is pure, authentic you. That purity is there for a reason. If there's no consciousness within us that is not unconditional love, then our reflection can be nothing but unconditional love. So the purity In other words, I had anger in my subconscious, so chances of me experiencing unconditional love, it's a reflection off the quantum mirror. Yes, I can experience it in the moment, but that unresolved anger was still a component of my personal energy persona, and I couldn't hold the space of unconditional love in every moment. If that makes sense. Maybe the journey to enlightenment is to heal our past, to cleanse our our karma, so that we too can do what Jesus did and be the personification of light in physical form. Well, hell, that sounds really cool. I want to do that. I want to do that. Well, I've been I've been scrubbing my psyche for 25 years now, and Just recently, I came out of the cave, and I've been doing these sessions with people. And sometimes they go all the way into the light, and sometimes they go part of the way there, and sometimes it's something completely different. It's really been very, very fascinating to me. I'm I'm very excited for that modality to continue in my life because the more interactions I have with people, 
the more I can, I don't know what the, I guess I'd say, psychically see into their karmic imprinting. Some people are in like flippin' shock. They're in shell shock. They're the walking numb. And that there's um, there's not a damn thing wrong with that, but that's that's what their psyche imprinting looks like to me. Sometimes it's really dense energy, and and it's it's a rather uh, mundane, uh, uninspiring life. And the ego sometimes is resigned to life the way it is, and there's no real effort or intention to change the karmic trajectory not my call I would say the journey to enlightenment is the journey to know yourself both consciously and subconsciously to heal your relationship with pain heal your relationship with emotions if your ego doesn't do that, it can avoid those things, and that can actually accumulate more karmic imprinting. The avoidance of feelings can accumulate more karmic imprinting, more projectors on the wagon, more confusion being broadcast into the quantum mirror, more of the same as the quantum reflection of the quantum mirror, which turns out to be your life. Is this making sense? I hope so. I'm trying to um, language this in a way that might help your journey to enlightenment be a more conscious effort today expand the context of what enlightenment is, what the journey to enlightenment is, what can we expect when we get to the enlightenment, how does life change, how does it not change. That damn free will, that's a little bugger. No matter no matter how enlightened I get, my ego still has free will to tip the card over. Yep. <laughs> But as you clean out your personal energy persona and you raise the vibration, you raise the consciousness of your persona, then more energy is available. When you clean out your personal energy persona, your ability to create instantaneously accelerates. How do you accelerate from instantaneous? What's quicker than that? Well, your ability to bring change to the reflection, if it's been said that masters do not have a subconscious, which would mean 100% of their consciousness, the conscious awareness of themselves is what's being projected into the quantum mirror, and thus it is their consciousness that is responsible for 100% of the reflection of the quantum mirror, And so if you introduce a bushel of fish in your consciousness and you project it into the quantum mirror, thump in physical reality, the reflection of the quantum mirror, 
there is a bushel of fish that didn't exist there before. In order to to have that kind of sway in the instantaneous manifestation is to have a purity that comes from raising the vibration of your personal energy persona, which is what I teach. I'm going to be starting Pure Authentic You classes to help you become more conscious of your journey to enlightenment. And you can start to get more flexibility, more expansion, more possibilities of how your life can expand and change today so your soul can have some say, so your soul can have some sway in your everyday life. And now your soul, when, when, you, when you hand over the rudder to your soul and, and your ego gets off the hook, that's a really cool thing. In your soul, your heart and your soul can start driving the rudder throughout your day. Then that's when, once you've tasted that fruit, when I first wrote a book, when I first started, this is not my first podcast. I had podcasts before this one. I've been doing this stuff for a long time. I'm here to language, in a Western language, the human relationship to unconditional love, which is that Christ consciousness at the core of your being. Well, hell, an hour's come and gone. I could keep yakking for a while, but these are supposed to be about an hour. Well, I hope this... uh, this this conversation has empowered you more, healed your relationship with the idea of enlightenment, or at least improved it. That's my goal, is to help you feel more empowered with your life. I hope this has helped. What an exciting time to be alive, huh? Enjoy your journey. Enjoy the journey. You want to enjoy your life? Learn how to enjoy today. If you learn how to enjoy today, you'll be in fine form to enjoy tomorrow too because you you will have been experienced at feeling joy today. So you want to enjoy your life, learn how to enjoy today. If you learn how to enjoy today, you will have ended up enjoying your journey because your journey is comprised of a whole bunch of todays. Forgive yourself. Here you are now. The reflection in the reflection of the quantum mirror showing your life right now is perfect. You are perfectly you right now. Way to go. Such perfection. 
You've manifested a perfect reflection of your persona off that quantum mirror. Way to go. Way to go. From here on out, it's it's whatever you choose to sculpt as far as consciousness that you project into that impersonal quantum mirror is done unto you as you believe. It's it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of heaven today. The Father and I are one now. So what's your uh, what's your savior? Remember at the beginning we talked about who your favorite savior was. Who who in your life in your teachings has reached the top rung of the ladder? What would your life look like if you were that persona? What it, what would your look like? What would your life look like if you made it all the way up into enlightenment and your ego and the the Christ consciousness within you were in resonance with each other. How cool would that be? I can't get off on more tangents. It'll take longer. Uh, It's all right long, whatever. Hey, you know, I love you. You chose to come to planet Earth. You you brave, you brave, you're a brave soul, and I celebrate you. Way to way to show up for yourself. I know at the core of your being, you're safe. You're safe. You're safe. No matter what any of the human intention on this planet chooses, you're safe. No human can mess up your rodeo. At the soul level. You're untouchable by human intention. Enjoy your journey to enlightenment. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thank you for spending this time with me. You've been listening to a New Human Living broadcast. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Let me ask you a question. How many times during today this day has your heart and soul had direct communication with you our egos left unchecked will easily consume all of our thoughts and consciousness as we go throughout the day where we really are living an ego-led life but our ego cannot even comprehend the vision our soul has for us If you want to increase your personal power, make space throughout your day for your heart and soul to inspire you. Citizen King, The New Age of Power is a book I wrote just for that. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for listening. 